The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. We're recording this one on the Swedish end from my school, from the, my workplace, Kopparskolan out in Unsala. It's Patrick Bexel and I'm joined by Jared Book and I assume you're at your home office. Yes, yeah, I yeah. am. Always. The... Everybody in, in Montreal is pretty much their home office, more or less. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we, we, we're happy to announce that that uh, Scott Matlai is, uh, got his first shot of vaccine yesterday. He was very relieved and I'm really happy for him in that regard. So, so but looking um, at what has happened this week and what has happened earlier, I need to I need to start with something completely different. It's, I am a geologist by trade, but I also but, but right now I work as a social studies teacher. And there were some revelations. I've, I've remembered seeing and hearing about it before, uh, but when it, it news broke this week that Thomas Greis of um, Detroit Red Wings and Germany, he's been banned or he hasn't been picked from the German team since 2017. And part of this is because of his outspokenness and, and the symbolism that he has chosen on his helmets in regards to um, the Weimar Republic, the, the, Repub- the German Republic that started World War I, which he has on his helmet right now, the colors of the German Republic with red, white and black and a symbol of a death scar- a skull that is closely associated or, or can be interpreted as something from the SS or Gestapo in the Second World War. In his previous mask, he had Greis with SS letters on, on, uh, on one end. All this is visible on, on Twitter and on different Reddit threads and everything. And it, it bothers me. It bothers me in a lot of reasons. Everyone might be able to say, you know, freedom of speech. But the fact is that, at least in Sweden, the, the general, the, the rule, one of the most important rules in our society is freedom of speech. But it also is that you're not allowed to say whatever you want if you offend someone else or if you diminish someone else. And you, this is what Thomas Grice is doing with his helmets, with his uh, symbols that he's choosing. And I spoke to two of my colleagues here at school today. Both are Germans and they were shocked. They were reprehensive. They were completely and utterly silenced uh, when I spoke to them about it because they found it disturbing. And I'm unsure why Detroit Red Wings hasn't really done anything in regards to this, partly because of the symbolism 
And partly because Thomas Grice is not really that kind of a goalkeeper that you want to keep around if there's any problems with him. He's not a standout goalkeeper. You can get someone else. And let's face it, Detroit Red Wings doesn't really matter if they have another goalkeeper because they're tanking anyway. So for me, this is something that I find deeply offensive. I have Jewish friends. I have German friends. I have French friends. I have a lot of friends that agrees with me and thinks this is disgusting. And I really, really, really think Detroit Red Wings should do something about this. Would, can we have fathomed a Japanese goalkeeper playing in a helmet with the Imperial Japanese logo in the NHL? No, it's as easy as that. And in this case, Thomas Grice, even the Germans are taking a step back from him. They're not reporting on him. They're reporting on players in AHL, but they're not reporting on Thomas Grice who plays in the NHL because of this. Nazism and the symbols of Nazism is actually forbidden in Germany for obviously some very serious reasons. And I just wanted to start with that because it bothers me, as I said, as a history teacher, you can't have an alternate history. Much the same way that we can't really say that Montreal didn't lose last night when they lost 3-2 to the Jets. It has been decided. History has been decided. We cannot change history. We can learn from history and we have to learn from history in instances like this. And I think that Detroit Red Wings really should do something in regards to Thomas Grice. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I'm sorry to bring this up at the start, but it really, really bothers me. And it's something close to my heart. Well, I mean, you know, would you, would you expect to see a goaltender, you know, with a Confederate flag on his mask? You know, an American goaltender? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I think that part of it is just, it's, it's subtle enough that people didn't recognize it. Um, but I think, yeah, you know, it's, there's no place for that. You know, it, it comes, it, it's, there's a, a fine line between, you know, freedom of speech and, and, and everything like that. But yeah, it's, it, it, there's no place in that. And now that it's come to light, I, I would be surprised if we didn't hear more about this going forward. Indeed. And, and uh, on a better note, in regards to language and symbolism, last night, um, Nils Höglander actually got to be named Höglander and not Hoglander uh, anymore because Vancouver Canucks did much like Ottawa Senators did with Jim Stutzle. They added the Umelats. So uh, I think this might actually be something that will become staple in, in, in the NHL down the line. And I'm really happy with that because some of the words that uh, when you take about take away the Umelats will change in regards to to what the meaning in Scandinavian or in Swedish or Finnish or or whatnot. Well, I mean the, the rocket the rocket did that with Jesse Ullinen as well. Uh, he is all right. He has that yeah, as well. I didn't realize, yeah. but yeah, Jesse is a good guy. I, I've always been a fan of Jesse, so so I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, and with that transition with Rocket, um, <laughs> you you obviously had a really good article. I, I really enjoyed it, obviously because most of them were were my old kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What was the word? You, you had a really good article in uh, on Eyes on the Prize the other day, where you mentioned the players that are more or less standing in line and and being looked at probably for Montreal Canadiens 
in regards to, to from the rocket. And I know you said, even before me, I agreed with you, but you were the first one to say it, that yes, Ilonen can certainly get a chance in the NHL this year. And, and the way he started the season, it certainly looks that way. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because every, every time the Montreal Canadiens lose a game now, uh, post Claude Julien firing, post Stefan Waite firing, there's no one, there's really no one else to fire, right? So, so now you have to look for where they're falling short. You have to look for ways to improve the team. And the easiest way to do that right now is with the Rocket. And, and I think that there are some subtle changes. And yes, there's a salary cap and, and roster space, which is an issue. But at the same time, I, I don't think that it's going to hold them back necessarily. And, and I think that there's there's options to tweak the NHL roster with with players who are playing well in Laval that that will allow the Canadians to to maybe take the next step and, and get some more wins because now there, there's you know you can't really make a trade if you make a trade with a non-Canadian team you have to wait 14 days they don't really have that luxury to wait 14 days if you want to make a change and, and improve the team right now uh, yes they're playing better under Dominic Ducharme but there's still maybe something missing. You know, Josh Anderson is still out. They, they might get other injuries. There's something missing. And I think that there is, there are possible answers in Laval and, and uh, they're playing well. So I, I think that's a, a good place to look for if you're looking for a little bit of a, another spark. Indeed. And, and the, the players you mentioned were obviously Otto Leskinen, um, Lucas Vedemo and, and Jesse Ilan, and you had some other honorable mentions, but but those were the main three of your future. And then it's it's really good to see that the Canadians development system is working so much better than they did a couple of years ago. Um, but but looking at that, we, we mentioned uh, the firings that, that has uh, happened, Claude Julien, Stefan Waite, but but also uh, Calgary fired their coach last yeah. night. And it's not really a shock, but it is a little bit unexpected. But it also brings up the fact that will Canucks do it tomorrow? You know, before the season, and and then you know, if you listen to our season previews with the different Canadian markets, pretty much all of them, except for maybe Ottawa, felt like if they didn't make the playoffs this season, it would be a disappointment. And we knew right off the bat that three teams out of the seven in the Canadian division or North Division, whatever it's called, it, we're, we're not going to make the playoffs. And, and it would be a disappointment for any of those markets, whether it's Montreal or Calgary or Vancouver or Edmonton or Winnipeg or, or you know, obviously Toronto is not going to miss the playoffs, but, you know, of those teams. And, and you're starting to see that panic a little bit. You know, you saw it with Montreal. You saw it with, with Calgary now. I mean, Calgary, this is the second year in a row that they're making a coaching change. So it's it's a little bit weird in, in that regard where they gave Jeff Ward the interim tag and then don't give him a full season. So it's it's a little bit uh, a little bit weird in that sense. But but you can see the urgency, and I think that Vancouver, if they don't make a move, that might say more about how they feel about their season than if they did, because they might feel like you know what, there's no point in making a coaching change now. We might as well just wait till the end of the season, because they might be too far out of it. But yeah, I think Vancouver is, is one to watch now, depending on how Edmonton recovers. I don't think there's going to be a change there, but I think Vancouver is the one to watch now in, in terms of coaching changes. But yeah, what you're seeing now is general managers who are panicking because they can't really make many trades. And what else can you do to, to make your team make the playoffs? Because there's going to be you know at least two disappointed teams 
not making the playoffs this year in, in the North Division. If you assume that, you know, Ottawa didn't expect to make the playoffs, Vancouver might be a little bit out of it. You're looking at Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, and Calgary fighting for three spots. One of those teams is going to be very disappointed. Yeah, unless you win the lottery, but you don't know right. that for sure until until it has happened. Even, but, even, but even, even then, not... this year is not the year to win the lottery anyway. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It's 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 a toss up between a couple of kids uh, for for the top spot, and uh, we all know that uh, Detroit is going to go with the European anyway or the Swede anyway. So so it's fine. But but looking at it, um, we have had a new coach in in uh, Montreal and. I'm sorry, I can still not pronounce his name. So, so Jared, you have to help me here. Desharm. Desharm, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. you helped me. Desharm. You helped me enough, so it's okay. <laughs> it took me a while to get uh, Olin in right. Yeah, but Desharm finally won his third game. Uh, uh, on before he played, the third game was the first game that he won, and and we saw how happy the players were for him. Uh, they collected the the puck. They gave it to him on the way out. Uh, it was a relief because it was also a win against the Senators, <laughs> only the second one this season. And to be fair, we before the season started, even if Senators are playing well, and even if you listen to our preview with the Silver Sevens, uh, they were saying like, if everything works, we, we might do some damage. And, and they really done some damage to Montreal. But it also like, it, it was good to, to beat the Sens. Um, there was an overtime loss versus the Winnipeg Jets last night. And there was a lot to take away from that overtime loss. And I'm going to start with the fact because I only saw the overtime because I actually woke up in time for the overtime. Uh, but at least Deshaun played three forwards at certain instances this time. Uh, might not have been the forwards I would have chosen, but he played them. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard because here's a guy who's trying to put in his system right now. And you know, a lot of that focus is five on five, you know, penalty kill, power play. It doesn't leave much time for three on three practice. And, and you know, the Canadians obviously have difficulty in, in, in overtime. They've lost, you know, six times, uh, all six times that has gone either overtime when or haven't they lost in overtime? I don't even remember when they won last time. No, they haven't won in overtime this year at all. Um, no, I mean, like even last year, I yeah, don't remember. I think, it, I think but, the last but... time they won in overtime was in the playoffs when Jeff Petrie scored. I think that might have been the last oh, time. Maybe, yeah. It was game game one. Was it game one against Pittsburgh? I think that might have been the last I think it was. Yeah, uh, that, that's the last one. There might have been. I don't think there was another one in the playoffs that they won. Anyway, may, may have been. I don't remember. But yeah, it's it's been a long time. And even that wasn't three on three. Because in the playoffs, it's not three on three. So uh, I don't remember the last time they won three on three. That's for sure. But, you know, when you look at it, there's not much time for him to put everything, fix everything. Right. And you take baby steps and this overtime was better than the last couple of overtimes when they barely touched the puck. But at the same time, you know, these are points that it's very close, you know, around that fourth spot, fifth spot. And these are points that are good, but you know, you can look at the other way where they scored in the final two minutes of the game to get a point. And, and I think that that's something that may have not have happened. You know, how many times have we seen the Canadians go down to nothing in the first period and then just not have any fight. And in on, on Thursday, what happened was they got a power play and he actually scored on it and, and you know, made it 2-1 in that second period. What, <laughs> what did you just say? I, I, can't, I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that's the whole thing is that they're, they're, they're finally starting to 
put little things together. Their power play looks much better. Their five-on-five five play looks much better. And it's just little mistakes. And, and you know, Dominic Ducharme and the players even talked about it after the game. Said, you know, we might have made, but, you know, four or five mistakes and three of them ended up in our net. And, and I think, you know, it's just a matter of, and Dominic Ducharme said, said this specifically after the game, and it really stuck out to me, is that he said, it's not making the mistake. It's that when we make the mistake, we don't know how to react to the mistake. And, and you know, you can't make two mistakes on the same play, and that's what's happening right now. And overtime was a good example of that because two guys bump into each other, not the end of the world. What happened was they both retreat towards the net, leaving the space open for Dubois at the top of the slot. That that was compounding the mistake. It wasn't, you know, and, and that's really the thing is that, you know, even going back to the goals during the game, you know, it's a dump, dump out clear out that didn't work out. They turned the puck over. But then their defensive coverage isn't necessarily where it should be either. So it's 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 limiting the mistakes and they're learning a new system. There's going to be these growing pains. But I really enjoyed that, that, you know, when you talk to Claude Julien, Claude Julien was saying, we can't make mistakes. Dominic Ducharme is saying, we can make mistakes. We just have to know how to react when we make them. Because you're not going to play a perfect game. And I think that's the right message to send going forward. Indeed it is. And, and obviously Montreal made an impact in, in regards to Pierre-Luc Dubois as well, who came out and said they came out of nowhere sometimes. They're like bees on the ice in regards to, to Montreal Canadiens and uh, Murat Atesh from, from uh, Winnipeg, uh, Athletic Winnipeg, uh, gave us that quote. And, and that is really what we have come to expect from Montreal, but we haven't really seen since the first maybe... 10 games but if if that comes back as well it bodes well for the Montreal Canadiens because then they at certain points are going to be able to to challenge and overturn pucks and, and get those easy goals that you 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 gotta have in order to perform at this level yeah you know you, you look at the last two Winnipeg games right they, they got one point or two points out of the two games that they played you know going back to last Saturday and then on Thursday with the Ottawa game in between. And you look at those two games, if they play like they did in those two games, obviously not the first period of Thursday's game, that one didn't go very well. But if they, if they play like that, they're going to win more games than they lose. And, and that's, you know, the way that they have to play going forward. And, you know, you're, you're going to beat teams. And what Winnipeg has surprised me because I, I don't think that they don't look like a team that would be dangerous, but when you see them on the ice, they, 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 they're a little bit like the Canadians where they counterattack and they capitalize on their mistakes. And, and that's really, and they have a really good goaltender. And, and that, those are the things that, that can really help you. And, and, you know, I, they're, look, they're in second place right now and pretty comfortable right now in, in, in the North division. So I think that what you have to look at is Montreal has to basically play like they did. And, you know, yes, we're getting to a point in the season where results matter more than the process, but the process is still going to get you results and that they have to keep going in that direction. And, and I think that once they, 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 you know, limit the mistakes or at least know how to react to the, the rules and industrial system is really what we're, we're going to see this. And look, we're still not at the halfway point of the season. There's still time to, to, to get this run going. And, and I think that, you know, they're in a good position still. I really do think so. And I think that that's why Calgary was forced to make the change because, if you're looking at it, they're, they're the team that might be in, in the worst. They, they need a shakeup, you know, right now. And, and so that's that's where it's going to come into right now. And, you know, we're looking at beginning of the season, we're looking at Montreal and Calgary as two of the, 
the most balanced teams in the division. Now they're the two teams that have the coaching changes. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward. But yeah, if Montreal plays like they did in the last, you know, three games, more or less, they'll, they'll win more than they lose going forward. It, it also feels a little bit like it, with, with the fact that Montreal has already had a week off uh, in order to create space for, for other teams. It almost feels like we're lagging a few games behind and, and you don't consider that when you look at the table because you are points behind that you haven't really played for yet. And I think that's really, really impressive. What what I stayed up and watched the, I think it was the, the Ottawa game. Yeah. And what I saw sometimes, and, and I don't know if it's this down to Desharm actually having implemented part of his system already, but there was this sequence where Alexander Romanov handed the puck back to a forward on the blue line. He was already deep in the, in, in the ozone. And he then cut across the whole ozone and ended up on the half wall on the opposite side. Uh, and, and I really like that play because it's something we haven't seen before. We haven't seen Romanov going that deep down into the zone, not, not in Seska either. So I'm not going to say that it's, it's just in Montreal, but it showed a bit of confidence. It also showed a bit of trust from, from the, from, from the coach. And also it, it seems like they are starting to think that this is a pick and roll or, or another play from, from the uh, basketball scene where you try to create a numerical advantage. Either you draw the defender with you and you leave that forward with, with an open lane towards the net, or you create a numerical superiority on the other side of the ice. If you can get the puck over there, you're suddenly three against two. And I think this is certain things that are, are down to Ducharme actually trying to work with the team and build up a confidence, build up a, a chance to, to, to implement his own systems, as you say, and, and you've already seen it on, on the power play and, and, and in other instances as well. Yeah. And I think it's important to see these changes as for us as on the sidelines or, or on the, in the stands, because this is what we have to look out for. We cannot only look for results. We have to see changes of play that are different from, from Claude Julian's. Yeah. And I think that that's the main thing is movement, right? How many times have we just seen, you know, the five Canadian skaters just standing in place, especially on the power play, right? If you're, you're not moving, it makes it very easy on the defense <laughs> to, to stop you. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's it, movement is, is key. And how many times do we see the other team do that to Montreal where guys get lost in coverage and things like that? So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely something that they're trying to do. You see, you know, I've seen Joel Edmondson down low or a, a few times, Shea Weber, Ben Chirot, that they're really trying to, you know, it's not so much the defense stay back, the forwards stay up. It's just making a rotation and moving guys around. And I think that's, that's a key to what Montreal is doing well. And, you know, it's just a matter of, of getting it in sync. And, and I think that they're, they're heading in that direction. And, and, you know, Ducharme said before Thursday's game, they're ahead of where he expected them to be. So that's, that's positive as well. The great Anatoly Tarasov said, you always pass the puck to someone with more speed than yourself. It's a very simple way of looking at hockey, but it's also a very effective way of playing hockey and you cannot lose that. That is what I think you need to consider. And it's something that was said in the 60s, but a lot of coaches is looking to that right now 
in order to create havoc for an opposing team. And we've seen it, as you mentioned, done to Montreal and, and Toronto is, is obviously one of those teams that excels at it. Uh, Edmonton has a has a top line that really, really can do it. But but what about the others? But it's also down to depth. But it's really, really important to to really play with speed and understand speed and, and the movement and what you can create. And that's why I think actually that maybe Yasilinen is on that cusp of being called up uh, if there is an opening at one point or another. Yeah, you know, that's the whole thing, right? Because obviously they've been playing with the same 12, 13 forwards all season, uh, the same 7D pretty much all season, really the same 60 all season. It's really, you know, Victor Mette is kind of, you know, he's played a little bit, but not not very much. And at a certain point, you have to look for, okay, what do we need to do better? You know, it, there's, there's, like I said, a trade isn't really an option. You're losing a guy for seven to 14 days, depending on whether you trade in Canada or, or the U S and then, you know, so Laval has the options in there, right? Lucas Vedemo can step into a fourth line role and kill penalties and, and be fine right there. And, and maybe give it a little bit of different look than a guy like Corey Perry. Same thing with Jesse Ullinen. Uh, you know, you put him on the right side uh, of a line and, you know, you'll, you'll have, you know, he doesn't maybe not, be in front like Perry is in a power player in the tying goal where you know he's in front of the net. So you know, Corey Perry brings certain different things. But when you're looking at five on five, you know, you have Paul Byron and Jesse Ullen on, on the two wings, you're gonna have a lot of speed there. Jake Evans can probably do a little bit of, of damage with that. And, and I think that that's that's the kind of things that you have to look at. You know, with, with uh J- Josh Anderson out, do you do you want to maybe put Ullinen, you know, keep the finish line together, but make it Lekkinen, Kutkaniemi, and Ullinen instead of Armia and put Armia on the fourth line. There's different options that they have. And I don't know, Ducharme is trying to get a system in now, but I think down the road, maybe in a, a, you know, a week or maybe even two, they, they're going to have to start to look at, you know, what, what can Laval bring us that we're missing right now? What kind of elements can they bring us? And I think that that's something to look at. That's something to look at going, going forward. Just uh, we're, we're stopping in, in about 30 seconds, uh, but just uh, any thoughts about the game Saturday night against the Jets again, right? The Jets are giving Montreal a lot of problems. They haven't won against the Jets this year. And and it, it's you have to limit your mistakes against them. And, and you know, this is going to be the fourth time in, in like a week almost or a little bit over a week that they're, they're going to be playing. And, and I think that every time has gotten a little bit better for Montreal. Every time it's gotten a little bit better. And, and I think that, you know, eventually they're going to have to win one of these games. And I think if they get a better, if they had a better start on Thursday, they win that game. So I think if they play. So you're, you're predicting a win in overtime I'm, because it's getting a little I'm not, bit better. I'm not, no, if it goes to overtime, <laughs> I'm not predicting a win at all. Uh, but I, I think that they, I think they could win uh, a game, but they need a better start. If they play, they have to play 60 minutes. And if it goes to overtime, they need to play 65 minutes and, and go from there. You've been listening to Absent Minded with Jared Book. You can follow him on Twitter. It's with Patrick Bexel. You can follow me on Twitter if you if you want to get some Swedish updates every now and then. Uh, otherwise, you follow Absent Minded on Eyes on the Prize Radio. And be sure to follow and like and subscribe and whatnot. Please leave us comments. Please leave us messages. I asked for which guest you would want to have on the pod again uh, on Twitter the other day. I got no responses, so I don't know if... Uh, We are just the stars of the show, Jared, uh, you, uh, Anton, and me. Or if there are any others that you want to bring back, please reach out. We will listen. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good evening.